Welcome to the Bishop Strickland Hour. My name is Terry Barber. We have a very special guest. Bishop Strickland, we've invited Mark Huck, who just um, won his case protecting his 12-year-old son at an abortion clinic. It's, It's all over the news. And Mark wanted to personally talk to you, so I asked him to come on to today's show. Mark, are you with us, my friend? I am, Brother Terry. Great to be with you and His Excellency. It's great to have this time with you today. Wonderful. Well, Bishop, Thanks, Mark. Bishop Strickland, when you, I think if it's true, I thought you were one of the first bishops who actually communicated with Mark. Is that a fair statement, saying he supported your what you're doing? Oh, the bishop was first in line uh, before my own bishop, before uh, J- Joe Coffey, before Cardinal Mueller. So wow. he was first up. Well, Bishop Strickland, your your thoughts when you heard about this case, what, what what came to your mind? Well, Terry, as we both know, um, when it comes to the sanctity of the life of the unborn, we've got to speak up. Amen. We've got to do everything we can to convert hearts. And what Mark was trying to do with his son yeah. uh, there was exactly that. And for it to get twisted and... Uh, he ends up going through a, a trial and all of this and the the atrocity, really, and I'll use that word yes. of, of how his home was invaded. Um, it it just it made me angry. It was upsetting. And I felt the need to speak up. And uh, I'm glad I was first in line and I'm, I'm glad there were others. I didn't know that Cardinal Mueller had reached out to Mark and uh I'm glad to hear those voices that joined all the pro-life voices supporting Mark and his family and thanking him for standing up for the sanctity of life. Well said. Mark, your thoughts also, um, how, how much did that mean to you when you had Bishop Strickland communicate directly? Were you a little surprised? or what, 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 In a situation that you were in, it must have been kind of rewarding for you to have one of our bishops communicate quickly to you. Wow. Well, just to hear, uh, I have such great respect for Bishop Strickland, and uh, I know Mark Henry, who worked alongside him, and and totally uh, uh, informed me of uh, the the gift that he was, not only to Tyler, but to his family. So I knew the benefit of of, of Bishop Strickland, and when I heard that he was saying Mass for us, and he was (laughs) praying for us, it consoled my heart, right? It consoled my wife's heart. And uh, like it was within 24 hours, I think, of uh, of it all happening. So, boy, that was a great joy to all of us. So, thanks again. Well, good, Mark. Well, Mark, you were at the State of the Union address again, standing up for life um, after this, you know, major pro-life victory over the DOJ. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that experience, and uh, you know, just give us your thoughts on that evening event? Sure. So, you know, the State of the Union is a really interesting event. It's a, it's really beautiful to see the tradition uh, in our country where, you know, both sides of the aisle come together and you know, we can they can argue and they can disagree, but, you know, peacefully do it. And so it's actually a, a beautiful thing to watch. Now, uh, the words that came out, uh, not necessarily beautiful, uh, but uh, it was it was an interesting uh, opportunity for my wife and I. We both went down there. Mm-hmm. Congressman Scott Perry from Pennsylvania invited us, Good. and he introduced us to a lot of congressmen and women. And they all said, "I'm sorry for what happened to you." And that was a wonderful thing to hear to hear those healing words, "I'm sorry." And so you know we were there, and and you know it was important for us to be there so that you know the the 
congressmen and women could be encouraged, one, uh, but also those that um, aren't really on on board with what we're doing, but also aren't really uh, recognizing the overreach of government and the weaponization, as they've been calling it, of, of the Department of Injustice, your brother Jesse Romero says. (laughs) So, so it was important for us to be there because it brought a face, it brought stories, it brought children, it brought, it brought the reality of it to the state of the union, and they all knew that we were there. Yeah, so that was a good thing. Gotcha, Mark. Last thing I wanted to ask you is, I saw that uh, you're definitely says that you're going to press charges for the FBI raid that terrorized your wife and children. I would imagine that that's not something that's going to go away for a long time. Tell us a little bit what what your plans are for that. Sure. So we're we're seeking counsel on that, and um, we have a uh, an interview on February twenty second with the Jud- Judiciary Committee members, and uh, and and that will be the 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 first step towards an ultimately, hopefully, uh, God willing, a, a testimony before the uh, the Oversight Committee. And so, um, you know, that would be the first process and then part of the process. And then we move into civil rights litigation and, and attempting to, you know, what, what, what this is, it's, it's discriminatory viewpoint from yes. the government. In other words, they're looking at pro-lifers post Roe v. Wade overturning, and they're, they're now discriminating yep. against those that would dare uh, move forward in the direction that clearly the law is, is, is uh, protecting. And so um, even Judge Papert in the case, as I said, alluded to, said, go back and fix this. So, so we need to expose them. We need to hold them accountable. We know yeah. justice is ultimately with God. But, you know, we, we do need to do that for the good of, of our country and mm-hmm. the good of, of, of pro-life America. I couldn't agree more with you, Mark. And, you know, I, I wish you the, the best. I want to ask Bishop Strickland if he can give you a special blessing before we let oh. you run. Bishop Strickland, could you... Not only bless Mark, wife and family, I think they could use a good blessing today. Sure, absolutely. Almighty God, we ask your blessing for Mark and his wife and all of their family, all of their children, and all the families that are with Mark and his family and standing for the sanctity of life. Thankfully, we have many families doing exactly what Mark was doing with his son when all of this began and uh, what could have been a nightmare, and in many ways, we pray that it was is ultimately used by our Lord and His grace to bring blessings and to bring the light of truth more fully into our lives. So we ask your blessing, Lord, for Mark, his wife, and all of the family. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Thank Mark. you so much. Yeah. Mark, thank you so much yourself for doing what you're standing for, what you stand for. And I'll never forget when you interview. We did an hour interview, folks, last Friday with Mark. You can listen to it all on Virgin Most Powerful Radio's um, website. Go to the podcast for that show. But I remember you saying when you were in there, thinking, hey, remember what Terry said? Ask Jesus Christ for more faith. So that really touched me when you said that last week. Amen, brother. So I've had to do it. I guess. I do it too, and, and, brother. And it works. Yeah, and it, and it works. works. Yep. And Mark, I want to commend you yeah. for continuing, really, what you're doing with the the lawsuit, with t- offering testimony. It's continuing the work you were doing for standing, literally standing at outside an abortion clinic for the sanctity of life and calling people and praying that hearts can be changed. Uh, there's no telling how many people you're 
going through this will will help hopefully to bring more justice into the the law enforcement and to making sure that no one else goes through what your fam what your family experienced so i commend you for continuing the battle and not saying well we won the lawsuit and saying let's go hide now instead you're continuing and i commend you for that god bless you amen thank you and can, terry can i share one absolutely you can share what hey, just keep going brother yeah go for yeah, it. it might warm the heart of of, of our our good bishop here and and, uh, and he was praying for me. He reached out to me right before the verdict and said, I'm praying for you. And that meant so much again. Good. But I got an email from uh, from a guy. Uh, you know, we got a lot of notes, sure. a lot of emails. But he said, I'm a lousy Catholic, is what he said. I'm a lousy Catholic. But seeing what's happening to you yep. is making me go back to church. I love so it. I thought, I thought that's, that made it all Worth worthwhile it. right there. Oh, right there. Oh, that's great. Man, you know, Mark, I always think of Our Lady of Fatima when she said, Souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Yeah. And think about, you You understood redemptive suffering with what you went through. Think of the souls that were touched because of what you did. So I just Amen. commend you for that also. Brother Terry, thanks. Thanks for leading the way. Bishop Strickland, thank you for your love and support. We, uh, we, we love you. We pray for you and, uh, and your Bishop Rick. So thanks for everything you're doing. God bless your ministry. God bless you too. God bless. God love you. All right, take care. Wow. You know, Bishop Strickland, when I hear a man like Mark talk about his faith last week when we did an hour interview, and I want to encourage everybody to listen to his story and what he went through when he got arrested, I was blown away by what the details that he went through and how he related it to the passion of Christ. Really? Wow. Big time. Okay, let's move on to another little topic, Bishop Strickland. we got a couple minutes before the next break. Oh, no, we actually, we don't. I'm going to give a teaser. We have a teaser with Bishop Athanasius Snyder, and if you haven't heard the interviews we've done with uh, Bishop Strickland and Bishop Snyder, just go to the podcast. But he has a quote that we're going to use uh, when we come back from the break. But I also wanted to add something. <clears throat> when I was watching the Biden um, uh, State of the Union and how he was wanting to codify Roe versus Wade and the LGBT Equality Act. And I thought of what John Adams said at the time was our country was just starting. He said, our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. So I, I think of this because we've, we, you know, Bishop Strickland, you constantly are holding uh, people accountable to our faith, but even our country says that these rights don't come from the, the state or the government. They come from Almighty God. And I think that uh, I pray for, Bishop, for, for President Biden and Pelosi and all these Catholics, baptized Catholics. They're children of God, as you said. Let's pray for their conversion because so much good could come if they had a metanoia, a conversion, a turning around to the sanctity of life. Folks, when we come back from this break, we're going to talk about a quote from Bishop Athanasius Snyder, and I think it's great advice for all of us in the church today to follow. And uh, I think you're going to be happy to hear this one. Stay with us, family. You're listening to the Bishop Strickland Hour. Welcome back to the Bishop Strickland Hour. And that was a great segment we just had with Mark Hulk about his stay in prison for standing up for the unborn. Boy, what a 
what a what a model for all of us men and people in goodwill. Bishop Strickland, these are tough times we're living in, okay, not just in the world, but even in the church. And Bishop Athanasius Snyder had a uh, a little advice for not just bishops, not for everyone, everything in the church. Can you give us the quote that you gave me off air? Because I thought it was really profound. Yeah, I believe this was uh, from an interview with Bishop Schneider from last fall. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's very brief, but very significant, I believe. He says, stay in the church. Amen. Pray for the Pope, but do not obey evil commands. Keep the faith and God will see to the rest. I believe Bishop Schneider really expresses in a pithy way, yeah. if we can say that, yeah, uh, the what we need to do. Yeah. We need to keep the faith. We need to stay strong in the church. We need to pray for Pope Francis. Amen. And we need to recognize that the greatest support for Pope Francis is to live the truth of our faith in the church that Jesus Christ established. It's a tough time for all of us. It's it's strange, it's confused, it's convoluted. Yeah. There are many people who are totally lacking faith. And then people who claim to be um, faithful Catholics are committing atrocities and promoting things like abortion and, yeah. and same-sex marriage and, and contradicting the faith, even as they say that they are faithful Catholics. Yeah. So... I can't imagine the the work and the job that Pope Francis has. Um, and many cardinals are in opposition to the Church of Jesus Christ, yeah. the Catholic Church that Christ established. So we pray for the Pope, and the greatest support we can offer him is to be strong in our faith, to know what's true, to know what is the reality of our lives in these days, uh, I'm sure you've noticed, Terry, in the daily readings, yes. where just as we're getting close to the season of Lent, right. we're reading the book of Genesis and continuing the journey through Mark's gospel. And that the, the book of Genesis really needs to be reread by all of us. It's, it's providential that these are the readings for daily Mass in these days as we approach the season of Lent once again, reminding us that God is the creator of all, that God is our origin. We come from God. He shaped us. He breathed life into us. Um, We've just got to remember these fundamental truths that guide us through every day, through all the things we face in life. If we remember that, then we can live these words of Bishop Schneider. Stay in the church, pray for the Pope, but do not obey evil commands. Yeah. Keep the faith, and God will see to the rest. Well said. And that kind of segs right into your tweet that you just sent out regarding spiritual warfare. You said, now more than ever, <clears throat> spiritual warfare is our focus. With evil spreading in both the world and in the church, we need education on how the demons operate and many powers the church wields and presents to us to do combat effectively. So you were recommending a, a, a book called Slaying Dragons, and uh, I don't see the publisher on it, but uh, if you type in Slaying Dragons, I'm sure you can find that book. Tell us, uh, did you actually read the book, Bishop Strickland? Have you read it? I have. Uh, Charles Fraun mm-hmm. is the author. Yeah. 
and uh, it, it, I forget the subtitle exactly, but it, it's what information that has come from exorcists. Yeah, it says, what exorcists see, what you should know. Yeah, and it, it was very significant when I read it. I read it several months ago. Uh-huh. Um, but it, it reminds us that evil is real. Yeah. We're, we shouldn't, as believers in Jesus Christ, He's the Lord of the good, the true, and the beautiful. He's the Lord of life. He's love incarnate. He's the Son of God. We've got nothing to fear, Amen. but we need to be alert. We need to be awake to the realities of temptation and sin, and that's the devil's toolkit. He's the father of lies, yeah. Satan. And, I mean, after what we saw, well, I didn't watch the Grammys, but— Oh, I God. did see that video that people sent. The devil. We need to be aware of that. Yeah. People were, you know, challenging me and say, you know, how dare you you share this? We can't put our heads in the sand and pretend it's not there. That's right. It's being broadcast on a major network of this nation. And we need to protest that. Amen. We need to be aware of it. Yep. Certainly. I didn't watch much of it. I don't didn't think any to. of us needed to nope. see much to see. Nope. That I mean, it was called the unholy. That's how it was introduced. Yeah. So we have to be very aware that evil is real. But Christ has conquered evil. He mm-hmm. died on the cross to destroy death and sin. And all of that is from the devil. And the, to point out also, the Immaculate Virgin Mary, it is her special work to help us as humans, she's just a human being, full of grace by the grace of God. But she's been given the the destiny and the life of the church to trample the head of Satan, the snake, the serpent. And she does that constantly, calling us from sin into the life of grace. And that's why we have to pray for conversion of hearts. Let us pray fervently that our leaders that are saying the opposite of the Catholic faith, and too many in the church that are speaking out and contradicting our Catholic faith, contradicting the catechism, the Word of God, and the magisterial teachings of a church of 2,000 years, we have to pray for conversion of hearts. Wouldn't it be wonderful to see some of the priests or the cardinals or the world leaders or the state leaders that are promoting abortion and promoting evil and talking about we've got to embrace same-sex marriage, all of these things that go contrary to the teachings of our faith, wouldn't it be marvelous to see evidence of hearts really being changed? I mean, people are converting all the time. Right. Mark Hawk said that a man was inspired to he had been a failed Catholic, and he was inspired to return to his faith right. by seeing the example of Mark. We all have to believe that we, God can use us in the same way. It's God's grace battling evil, but we've got to be aware of evil, and we've got to do what we can to say yes to the will of God and know the great power that we embrace when we say yes to God. Well said, Bishop. In a Genesis three fifteen about Our Lady, that's what he was talking about. So I, so biblical. You know, this fits right into your next tweet because your quote scripture Galatians chapter one verse seven to nine. 
You, you point out in this tweet, <clears throat> some who wish to alter the gospel of Christ must have confused you. For even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel not in accord with the one we delivered to you, <clears throat> let a curse be upon him. And you said strong words from St. Paul, but, you know, it applies to our time. And <clears throat> my thought is, and I'm only bringing this up, I just read that the Anglican Church now wants to not use the, you know, all kinds of, um, um, the uh, they don't want to call God him. They want to uh, have a neutral uh, um verb or noun to have when you describe God. And I think that uh, it seems that not only in the Anglican and other Protestant churches that we uh, come with, but there are even people in in our own church who want to change teachings that we've had for, you know, 2,000 years. And so it seems that you're just quoting scripture to say, don't don't fall for it. Yeah, well, and we we have to go, be on our guard against these false gospels that are coming from churches like yeah. the Anglican Church, too many in the Catholic Church, and certainly yeah. people who don't even believe in the gospel and distorting things in terrible ways. Yeah. We've got to be alert to all of that. And if Pope John Paul II was alive today, I think of two things. You quoted him last week, but I was two things. One, you said... Uh, he quoted him saying, pressure for homosexual relationships to be recognized as different forms of family, which are also entitled to the right to adapt, adopt, is a violation of God's law and an ideology of evil seeking to use human rights against humanity and the family. So he's saying that's an attack on the family. But then here, the next week, you're quoting the same pope. He seems like he's alive and well, because here's what he says now. <clears throat> This relates to us. Only in Christ can men and women find answers to the ultimate questions that trouble them. <clears throat> Only in Christ can they fully understand their dignity as persons created and loved by God. Jesus Christ is the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. I mean, see how straightforward that is, Bishop Street? I mean, I love that you quote that because we need to hear that today. We absolutely do. Wow. I just, and it, as you mentioned, yeah. it, it reminds us that John Paul II is a canonized saint. Yes. The church certifies he's alive. Yeah, that's right. He's not just a dead yeah. figure from past history. He is alive. And so he his voice and, and the beautiful thing about the truth, it is eternal. It's it's with us always. And so what he said that was true in his lifetime continues to be true, even as he is in heaven. Um, And that, I think, is something we really need to remember. False messages come and go. They fade into oblivion. Mm -hmm. The truth prevails. The truth continues. And that's what we've got to continue to joyfully proclaim and to be strong and clear and uh, you know, you mentioned if John Paul II was on the planet again, <laughs> I think he would be roaring like a lion oh, he would. to say, people, I told you, you need to listen. Yeah, Not listen to him, but listen to the word of God, because that's what he quoted constantly, the word of God and the teachings of our Catholic faith. He would roar like a lion Amen. to remind us and to wake us up, as he did as he served as Pope. 
for all of those years. Well said. I hope we got a little minute here, but this this last one that you just gave, it quotes paragraph 2358 of the Catechism regarding homosexuality. You said, when Pope Francis says God loves homosexual persons, he's simply quoting the Catechism. Even when we are living a deeply sinful lifestyle, God loves us all more than we can fathom. It is because God loves us that he tells us to turn from sin. Sin destroys love. God hates sin. You know how I see that, Bishop Strickland? Well, you know how we say all are welcomed? Yeah, all are welcome to embrace Jesus Christ and repent of sin. That's that's how I see Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a universal call to holiness. Amen. Away from sin. Well said. <laughs> well said. When we come back, we'll have some more tweets. And I just want to remind everybody, if you want to hear these shows, you can go to vmpr.org and hear all of our podcasts. We have other shows that I think are inspirational and helping you fall deep in love with Jesus Christ and his bride, the church. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Bishop Strickland Hour. We talk about martyrdom over over time on this show that, you know, the saints, have. we celebrate different saints that have given up their life for their faith. And we had Mark Huck talk in the first segment about his suffering, that he, he was arrested by the FBI unjustly and thrown into a little prison. So these things happen. And I just got word about a young 16-year-old boy, okay, from his name is Josh Alexander. <clears throat> the Ontario police arrested Josh at school because why? He protested boys in girls' bathrooms. For and so he his he was at a Catholic school and he said that this is um going against my Catholic faith. And this kid knows his Bible, Bishop Strickland. He quote, he said, the teenager told LifeSite News that in accordance with Catholic teaching and the Bible. He believes, are you ready for this? That there's only two sexes, male and female. He read that in the book of Genesis. Wow. And he said, he's going to quote in a tweet, Romans chapter 1, verse 16. He says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. And you know, Bishop Strickland, I would think if I was at a Catholic school and a young kid challenged me like that, and said, this is going against my Catholic faith. If I had any conscience, I would say, you know, the guy's right. The young man's correct. I'm, I'm going to have to think this one through a little bit more. But they didn't. <clears throat> and I just wanted to get your reaction to this young Joshua, Josh Alexander, 16 years old, standing up uh, for his Catholic faith. Well, it's another Mark Houck in, yeah, young one. in the making. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> because... And, and I'm glad to hear these stories of a young man, very young man, 16 years old, Mark. And we need men. Yeah. We need men to be strong in their families and to be strong in the church and to be strong in, in business and government and every aspect of society. Yeah. Women have a beautiful role that is distinct from the man's role. We need to be men. Women need to be women. Yep. And we need to encourage that. And what this young man said is exactly the truth. Yeah. Um, what's very encouraging about that, Terry, yep. is the truth really, in many ways, certainly, God has revealed truth to us that we couldn't know without revelation. Right. 
But what that young man is talking about is also self-evident. If you just look at how humanity is, is structured and how the world works, male and female, God created us. That's the way it is. Um, we need to remember that foundational truth. We talk about fundamentals a lot. Oh, yeah. And that young man is inspiring. And it, it's a great reminder because I know both of us, we see so much evil and so much darkness and so much confusion that a lot of people get dragged down, just like we were talking about with that quote from Bishop Schneider. Right. We need to keep the faith. We need to trust in the power of truth. Jesus Christ is truth incarnate. And this young man is evidence. He's only 16 years old. I mean, both of us, that, that's just yesterday for yeah. us. I mean, it's like, that's a, we've lived several cycles of 16 years. Yeah, really. But he's a reminder yeah. that young minds need to be shaped in the truth. And there's so much propaganda out there. There's so much evil and sinfulness in the messages that young people are hearing. Thankfully, this young man, he's got to have a great family, not perfect, but a family that is rooted in the truth that has helped him. Exactly. And he was strong enough to speak up. And we need to be strong enough to speak up. Amen. He inspired me, Bishop Strickland. Uh, you quoted um, your own governor, Greg Abbott, announced today that a statewide plan to ban TikTok. Texans, he says, especially our state agencies and employees must be protected from having sensitive information shared with the Chinese Communist Party. He said, we cannot ignore this security threat. I, I mean, wow. And, and here's what you said in your quote. Thank you, Governor Abbott. Please continue to protect good citizens of Texas. We need you to combat the corruption that is running rampant in our nation. You know, Bishop Strickland, I said the same thing. I didn't, even though I didn't see it, I said, this guy seems to have a lot of common sense. It ain't that common in our country. Absolutely. Oh. And, you know, people accuse a tweet like that. Oh, he's getting political again. Yeah. But politics and the truth, it's all woven together. Yeah. You, our main calling is to share the word of God. Amen. But when political structures <coughs> deny the word of God, right. we've got to speak up. And thankfully, Governor Abbott and Governor DeSantis yes. and a few others, yeah. not enough, but a few others do speak up. But they are, frankly, some of the strongest. They're not perfect men. We're all sinners. We all fail at times, and all the politics gets gets very complicated. But we need to pray for them and pray for all of our governors to have the truth at heart and to, to share that truth and to guide and govern according to the truth that God has revealed to us. That's exactly what Governor Abbott is trying to do, protecting us. I mean, it's, you know, Chinese people are loved by God. And yes. we have to remember that. Amen. That it's a beautiful culture of China, an ancient culture. But Chinese communism denies God. Exactly. And there's too much going on in China that's trying to destroy the, or distort the Catholic Church that's right. into making it really not the Catholic Church, just a shell of the church that they can manipulate. And so I'm glad that Governor Abbott is speaking up um, because there are real threats to our freedoms to live our Catholic faith. And one of those comes from communist China. 
You know, Bishop Strickland, well said. I, I think of what took place with this major earthquake in Syria and Turkey just a couple days ago where the death toll is now at 11,500 people. I see a picture of a church halfway knocked down. Uh, yeah, I keep hearing stories of like a, a woman that just gave birth to a baby and they went and pulled a little baby out of the rubble. Mama died, but the baby is going to survive. And I think of the mystical body of Christ, that we're all connected. And so <clears throat> I know we're going to be sending funds their way through Catholic agencies to support the families that lost their homes and their loved ones. But <clears throat> you put out in a tweet, you just said, Amen. Brothers and sisters, let us pray for the victims of the earthquake in Syria and Turkey and their families. And I say amen, and I know that already Catholic agencies are raising funds to support that mission to help those people. And I think many other countries worldwide are sending equipment in there, big tractors. I mean, it's to me, when these crises happen, earthquakes like this, it, it, it shows to me, and I can get your thought, but it shows the goodness of human nature saying we need to help these people. Absolutely. Thankfully, that still happens in beautiful ways yep. with disasters that happen. And one thing that I would point out, Tell me. again, we just have to be so aware of the political agendas because a lot of the reporting has talked much more about Turkey than about Syria. Yeah. And both have been affected by this earthquake. And we have to remember that. And I'm grateful that you specifically said Syria and Turkey, oh, yeah. because even, you know, for political agendas, Syria has been undergoing a, a war for many Civil years. war, yeah, for years. Terrible suffering for the people yeah. there. Yeah. And so, and then an earthquake on top of it. Um, so certainly it's terrible in Turkey and in Syria for all those that have been affected by this earthquake. And thankfully, as you said, many people, good-hearted, do share and assist. Someone quoted today that the basic teaching of the church for social justice is to earn a good living so you can help the poor. So you don't just barely, you know, squeak by yourself, right. but you're able, you're able to, to not buy luxuries, but to help others. Yeah. That's why it's a blessing to have some wealth in order to share it. Amen. not just to keep piling it up. And we need that model of real discipleship in our culture drastically because there, there are too many ways that wealth, many generous people. I mean, we benefit from great generous people here in the diocese, as I'm sure every bishop sure. can say. But we need to catechize people that it's not bad to accumulate wealth, but remembering that you've got to share that wealth and to work hard so that you can have me more resources for your own family yeah. and for other families. You know, Bishop Strickland, I have a 28-year-old son, and we were discussing that very thing. I can't believe you brought it up. He's been very blessed in his business, and he has hundreds of families that are dependent upon him in the success of his business payroll. They, they feed their families because he is able to generate the business that generates work for them. And he said to me, Dad, that's my greatest joy, to know that I'm his greatest joy. He says, because I, they're relying on me. I ha I'm the one who has to generate the business so that they, <clears throat> I can make the payroll, they can pay their bills, their mortgages, their car payments, 
and whatever they give money away. So he says, I, I, I've been given a gift to be able to make money, but I want to give it back. And this is how he's doing it. And I thought, well, you got the message, son. So well said, Bishop Strickland. Bishop, you have a quote. Again, you always work on the fundamentals. We just said that earlier. But I like it when you just tweet something about life, about the meaning and purpose of life. You said this, the greatest adventure of human beings is to follow our Lord Jesus Christ. Boy, to the fulfillment of our destiny. Yeah, where are we going? To dwell eternally with his Father and our Father and in him with his Spirit. Rejoice to know him and let nothing deter you from this quest. When you stumble, I like this, get up, enjoy. Why enjoy? Because we can repent and get back on our feet. I I just have to ask you, Bishop Strickland, when I was reading this, it just seemed like the world doesn't know its meaning and purpose of life. And they're doing all kinds of crazy things from entertainment to uh, sports. And what you just said is, this is what it's all about. Yeah, absolutely. So I thank you. We're going to take a quick break again. We're going to try and get to the catechism. I only got a couple more tweets from the bishop, and then we'll get into some catechism things. Again, uh, you're listening to the Bishop Strickland Hour. I want to thank Church Militant, LifeSite News, and other stations that are putting this on. We're growing, and thank you so much for doing that. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Bishop Strickland Hour. I love it when you quote other bishops in the church. I love that because it's, it says, it gives me, oh, yeah, I know Bishop David Rickon. He's a good guy. And he's basically pointing out in a tweet that we have to, you know, result to build a culture of life. And he basically is responding to, and I, I, I mean, I'm not trying to get political, but President Biden made this accusation that, uh, that the church, some people in the church, even the Pope, which is erroneous, would support uh, funding of abortion, federal funding of abortion. And uh, I know the president of the bishops' conference came out and said, no, nah, that's not how it works. And now Bishop Rickon is saying, no, 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 that, we have to be defenders of, of, of life from, that, con, from conception to natural death. Uh, is that the reason you quoted this uh, tweet, Bishop Strickland, is that it just shows some unity of our bishops? Absolutely. I was glad to hear him and, and certainly the, the new president of the yeah. USCCB, Archbishop Brolio, yeah. made it very clear that that's simply not accurate. Um, sadly, President Biden says a lot of things that aren't accurate. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that we're speaking up and not attacking, but simply saying this is the truth. Yeah. And we, as Catholic bishops, are not supportive of using federal funds. We're, we're certainly against abortion, period. Absolutely. But using our tax dollars to, to fund it, absolutely not. Well, you got another bishop, Bishop Thomas, uh, Thomas Tobin up in New England. Uh, he already commented about the State of the Union. He said it's, it's fatally flawed if we're committed to support, promoting, and paying for abortions. A nation that destroys its own children I like this, has no future. Now, I mentioned that State of the Union, Mr. Biden, President Biden demanding Congress to codify Roe versus Wade uh, and pass the LGBT Equality Act in the State of the Union speech. 
we, we can't let that, we can't stay stand by silent. So I, I appreciate Bishop speaking up because I'm speaking up. Yeah. And, and a lot of times the things that are said yeah. really don't even make sense. They're not logical. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I there was another tweet where Hillary Clinton was quoted as saying that, you know, she wanted to protect abortion for her grandkids. And I just said, you know, every that, aborted child is somebody's grandkid. Yeah, so, I like that. I like you know, that. Who are you protecting? Yeah. I mean, it's just just crazy. Nonsense. It's just like, you know, well, it, it basically is what the at the root of it all is segregating out certain human beings mm -hmm. that other certain human beings just don't deem worthy of existing. Oh, my God. And I hate to tell them, but that's God's work, not Amen. ours. Amen. Well said. Bishop Strickland, I want to get to the Catechism, the Way of Christ student book. We've been using this for a couple of months, going through salvation history right now. And I, the reason I asked about doing this with you, and you were the one who brought it up to me, I thought, well, yeah, we continue to teach the fundamentals because I'm convinced that one of the reasons there's a lot of confusion in the church is because our, our, our flock, and I'm including priests and bishops, sorry to say this, don't know their faith well enough because I'm giving them the break, uh, benefit of the break that they didn't get good formation because seminary training wasn't the best. I mean, even in your time, you, you had to, you know, you have to look and say, I need to supplement some of my formation. So Absolutely. That's where we're at. So I'm going to go to page 12, question three. I love this question and answer format. Here's the question. How did God first tell humanity about the coming of his son, Jesus Christ. I love the answer. God proclaims the coming of Jesus after the first sin in what is called the Proto-Evangelium or the first gospel. If you've never heard this before, this is so important. Yes, God foretold to Adam and Eve that he would defeat Satan through the offspring of a woman who would redeem the world from sin. We talked about that earlier in the show about Genesis 3.15 and what Our Lady's role is. Wow. Bishop Strickland, any, any comment on that? Because that, that's, that's, that's powerful material there. Wow. Well, we, we've kind of repeated it a couple of times yeah. at this session, but that's going back to the fundamentals. It is. The very basis mm -hmm. of everything. And that shows, as you know, is, and, and I definitely don't claim to be a scholar of oh, the Old I, Testament, I, yeah. but I'm trying to continue to learn, and that's all we can do. Yeah. And the Old Testament, if we understand the sacrifices oh, and, yeah. and all of that structure, I've just been reading through Exodus and, and that all the intricate plans for the tabernacle and all yes. of that. All of that is building a people who are ready to welcome the Son of God, the people of Israel, the, the, the chosen people. And we inherit that, um, that salvation that God is offering. And the book of Genesis makes it very clear where the need for salvation came from. And I think that one of the flaws that I see just in general terms in too many voices in the church today, it's, it's as if we, didn't, we don't need salvation. God loves us, and we just have to trust in that love. Absolutely, God loves us. That's the reason that he sent his son and allowed his son to die for us. Um, I get fired up 
with the the travesty of ignoring yeah. the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Amen. And that's what we do yep. when we downplay the sin and say, oh, you don't really have to repent. And we just need to rewrite some of these things in Scripture and rewrite the catechism. That is not why Jesus Christ died. He died and poured himself out completely. And it's it's a counterfeit gospel to dilute that. It's I mean, you keep going down that path of, oh, we don't have to worry about sin and God loves us. We eliminate the need of a Savior. Exactly. And really, in our time, yep. we're seeing more desperately than ever the need for a Savior. Oh, because God. we're still free to reject his salvation. Yes. And too many people are. And that is not giving them a better, more hopeful, more joyful life. Amen. Depression is up. Suicide is up. Amen. Broken families are up. I mean, all of the things that destroy a a society are running rampant. And, you know, the father of lies, Satan, is gleeful to see so much suffering. And Jesus suffered so that we don't have to suffer. And when we do suffer... His suffering brings meaning to that suffering if we embrace him. So it we really have to continue to teach the truth, Amen. never condemning anyone, but always calling every one of us to a deeper conversion, to a change of heart, and to embrace and honor the sacrifice of the Son of God, Amen. which was more complete, more total than we can even imagine the Son of God pouring his life out for all humanity, for you and me and for every other human being who's ever lived. That's what the Son of God has done for us. And it is a desecration to ignore sin and to not do our best to conform our lives to Jesus Christ. Well said. I think of the Salvation History series that we published back in the 1990s, uh, Dr. Scott Hahn's class. <clears throat> now, if you went to class, you'd spend thousands of dollars going to school, but we were able to publish this on audio, and it's a downloadable file. <clears throat> and if people want it, I would recommend you call 877-526-2151 and say you'd like to get that. And if you can't afford it, it'll give. I'll give it to you for free. If you want to make a donation, great. But this is Dr. Scott Hahn. It's about a 10-hour course on salvation history that I think will be very helpful. Let's see if we can get one more question in, Bishop Strickland. <clears throat> How does Noah point towards Jesus? Despite God's prophecy of Jesus, humanity decided not to live according to God's plan. You talked about that. And wickedness spread throughout the earth. <clears throat> they disobeyed his law. God commanded Noah and the righteous men to build an ark to save his family from the great flood that God would use to punish the world for its sins. <clears throat> Noah was obedient he built the ark, saved his family. Then God formed a covenant with Noah and his family. <clears throat> Likewise, here's the connection. Jesus is our leader who instituted the church as a refuge from sin, like the ark in the flood. So the church is like an ark. The flood waters that washed away evil also prefigured how the waters of baptism cleanse us from sin. Boy, this makes too much sense. I like it. 
Yeah, it's it mm. really gets to the basic truth that, I mean, why why do we baptize children? Yeah, because yeah. we want them to share in that saving grace that Jesus Christ, as prefigured in Noah, he he saves the human family just like Noah, by the grace of God, saved his family. Well, said Bishop Strickland, I want to make a little plug for the St. Philip Institute who publishes this catechism. Can you talk a little about for the new people who haven't heard about the St. Philip Institute? Yeah, the St. Philip Institute is part of the Diocese of Tyler, a great group of young, faithful Catholics that are working hard to evangelize and to catechize, to do all this teaching that we've talked about, and to help people be be freed from evil and sin and to flourish in the truth that God has revealed to us. They're doing a great job, especially focusing on marriage and formation for marriage, and also catechizing all of the family, the children, everyone. And uh, it, it really is an effort that I know many are involved in, but the St. Philip Institute is great, doing a great job mainly focusing on the Diocese of Tyler, but yeah. like everything, like this catechism, sure. it can be shared with anyone who wants to learn their faith more deeply. Before I ask for a blessing, can we repeat what Bishop Snyder said last fall? Because I think this is good marching orders for all of us. Please. Well, let me, I don't have it. Get it? Uh, yeah. He said, don't leave the church, right? And he said to pray. Pray for the Pope. Of the Pope. Right. Don't leave the church. Don't follow any evil orders. That's right. That's right. And trust in God. There you Thank go. You. That's our marching orders. All right, let's get a blessing if we could, Bishop Strickland. Almighty God, we ask your blessing for Terry and all of his crew and for all of us who seek to live your joyful truth. Guide us in your spirit. May all the saints, especially the Queen of Saints, the Immaculate mm -hmm. Virgin Mary, intercede for us constantly. We ask your blessing for all participating in this radio program. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you so much, Bishop Strickland, for taking the time to teach us about Jesus and his bride, the church. If you'd like to listen to other shows of Bishop Strickland's podcast, go to vmpr.org, and there's all kinds of other shows there. Thanks again for helping us support Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Our mission is this, to help people get to heaven. Thank you again for your support, your prayerful support, and your financial support. God bless you all.